0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you doing, Luke? Hello,
1: friends. I am here as well.
0: The race against time has begun. Will your laptop stay charged throughout the duration of this episode?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope I don't have to drive to Jacksonville. I hope the local like Apple people can help me.
0: You mean during this episode? Yeah. You're going to get guys
1: coming over. You'll see men in black suits come in and sort me out.
0: (laughs) Very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a few. It's been a few episodes that we've uh, that we've non-existent episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We did not fail. We didn't record. And those episodes got disappeared or anything. Nope. We just uh, we did not record. But we're back. Call it a hiatus. How about that? Let's call it a hiatus. A non-planned hiatus. hiatus. Yeah, the hiatus is over. We're back for good. Forever. (laughs) Forever. Forever. We'll be 84 (laughs) with three children and six grandchildren. How'd you know my plan? Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been the last couple weeks, Luke?
1: I've been pretty good. I've been... My big thing's still been working on that bathroom, and I'm getting close. I've taken everything down except the floor of the shower, so I'm, I'm getting pretty darn close. I still have to take, like, there's, like, half a wall that we're going to turn into a closet, so it's just going to be open. So I have to take, like, the two-by-fours down and just open that up, and then it's time to start building. No more demolishing.
0: That's exciting, Luke. I'm glad you have a new place to poop. And bathe. And bathe, I suppose. But mainly poop.
1: We've had quite an event. We've had some water leaks, and I've had to fix some water in the middle of the night. We had a waterfall in our kitchen. Oh, my God. Because I was demoing, and I didn't have a valve to turn off that bathroom, so I was demoing with the water on. And, you know, probably not a great idea, but some of the wall, when I was, like, pulling it down, a piece fell and, like, sheared it off right at the shower valve, and... As soon as it hit, I knew what had happened and just I just sprinted out of there like straight to the water main to turn it off. I knew exactly uh, what was going to happen. I came back in and it's coming through the lights in the kitchen and it's like,
0: oh God. Is there any good comedy moments that happened? Any good slapstick during that? I mean, coming into that scene with the water coming through the can lights in the
1: kitchen (laughs) is Bethany. Dumping out buckets into the sink and filling up more.
0: That sounds a little funny. In retrospect, of course.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like a Steve Martin, early Steve Martin moment.
0: Yeah, or the money pit with uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All those great uh, guys that were SNL or SNL adjacent. Mm.
0: Well, excellent.
1: Luke. It's been fun, like I mentioned, just sorry, in passing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, Because the. Uh, was it? Only Murders in the Building is Back. Martin Short and Steve Martin have been making their rounds on, on at least two of the podcasts I listen to and I'm sure other shows. And it's just been so fun to hear those stories and stuff like that. And the Three Amigos. I, it makes me want to watch that movie so oh, much. They have talked about it and their experience. And Chevy Chase, Steve Martin. I mean, that's, it's an insane cast in that movie. Of course, uh, Steve Martin helped write that one. Oh, did he? He's he's the one, I think, that put it all together is what it sounded like. He's the one who brought in Chevy and, uh, and Martin Short.
0: That one's a classic.
1: Oh, such like. a classic. And it's one that they say, you know, it wasn't at all received very well when it first came out, and yet it grew and grew. Steve was like, you know, I, it's experiences like that that have kind of taught me. You have to get a, give a movie like 10 years before you can really either write it off or celebrate it. And that was, yeah, a big example of that, so.
0: Yeah, 100% true.
1: So cool to hear stories like that of, of comedy actors, especially, that you look up to and love their work.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's uh, funny to see, like, certain movies that you, like, I thought that was a good movie, and you, like, look and it has, like, a 0% on, like, Rotten Tomato, because <laughs> at the time it was received so poorly, but now it's, like, gained an appreciation. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool to see yeah. that, actually. Yeah. Well, Luke, let's jump right into it, for for, for your battery's sake. Yeah, let's do um, it. Let's talk about what we've been watching slash playing, slash listening to. Luke, how about you go first?
1: <sighs> I've been listening so much, but I hadn't... Usually, I pick something out beforehand, and I'm trying to think. I know that some music came out. Um, What was it? What was it? Well... I guess just in general it's not really a specific thing but Post Malone his new album came out and so mm-hmm. I've been listening to some of that and it's it's a very different album than you know his previous music previous music would definitely fall into the rap with like a you know a hint of rock in there mm-hmm. but uh definitely leaning into more of like rap like kind of gangster leaning I would say a little bit yeah yeah talking about drinking smoking and all that um but i mean he's taken a real change and we've been watching some of the interviews with him you know of course he's you know on the on the media scene promoting mm-hmm. you know hot ones and i don't know stuff like that and he uh i don't know he's he's always come off to me as a really nice guy but i feel like it seems like maybe since COVID and times like that, his life has changed a lot. He has a child now, he has a wife wow. and he's lost some weight. He's no longer smoking. He's no longer drinking. In fact, Good. I th- I think he's, he's dry completely, which is a lot to say for you know <laughs> anybody who watched him, even slightly understood that he was, he was somebody who was a partier, but uh, he's, you know, he's always seemed to be a really nice guy. That always came off to me. But he seems like he's someone who's, you know, living more for his family. Something you and I can relate to. And uh, I don't know, it's just cool. It's cool to see interviews with him, and he just it seems like he helps out fans and uh, does good work around the community when he can. And and you know, to that end, it it kind of came. I would say it came out in his new st- self-titled album, which his actual human name is Austin. <laughs> Not his crazy ludicrous <laughs> post Malone name. Um and yeah, you you can I, I kinda see why, you know, self titled is it's more raw emotional and just the stuff he's been going through and you know, he's got songs that kind of address like I have no idea why she loves me, why she cares about me, but I you know, I thank God for her and that kind of stuff. And it's really cool. And, that's nice. And, and and some catchy stuff too that's always You know, drawn in the popular audience to him, Um, got some good hooks, but uh, a lot of a lot of just good songs that I think are not just made for the radio waves, which uh, can be good and bad, I would say. But but yeah, definitely an album to listen to. A lot of lot of good songs on there.
0: I need to check that out because I do have an appreciation for Austin. (laughs) You been listening to anything, Jordan? Okay, yeah, sort of. I mean, like you know a lot of you're not like this but there no, are no not me there, no not not you but i'm going to say <laughs> there's a few people that like when that we grew up with at a certain time when we were younger that like we a lot of us like the cer- certain type of music and then like a lot of people are like this too not just our friends but people in general they grow up they get older and their music taste changes a little bit and so they're the music that they used to like and say they liked now sucks. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that music. Now I've never been that way. Um, there are some bands that I can't get back into here and there, but for general, if I loved it, then I probably love it now. And so I've been revisiting some things just to be like, you know what? It's been a while. It's been like resting in my memories for a long time and I feel like it's been a while since. I have I don't know
1: that there's any bands that I would go back and say no, I don't like that anymore. Hmm. I mean, well, some of the like heavy, heavy metal stuff. It's probably same I can with still, me. I can still. Honestly, I still don't hate it, but. Right. Don't enjoy it as much. Like, this isn't. <laughs> I said heavy, heavy, and I was thinking like Papa Roach, but I still enjoy them, but yeah, I don't enjoy them as much as I did.
0: Right. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, Dashboard Confessionals. I went back and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to some of these older albums, and it's it was kind of like a reawakening in a way where I was like, man, ugh, this stuff is so like still. I love it so much. Yeah. It's like yeah. the for me uh, with Dashboard like the prime was like the first uh, let's say four albums for yeah. me. Those were like. Yep. A plus, S class, whatever yep. you want to call. I'm talking, you know, um uh, I'm talking Swiss Army romance, talking freaking uh, Mark Mark Commissioner, Brandon Scar, Dusk and Summer, and of course uh um shoot, places you've come to fear the most. Those albums, those four albums are in my mind, just so just timeless yeah, and so good. No doubt yellow card and dashboard came out with a single i did hear that i think that that may what? be what like spurred me on i was like yeah dashboard he was not because he wasn't in that song very That's much cool. it's mainly a yellow card card song but you can hear like chris's one his influence i don't know how much of it he wrote but him harmonizing um yellow card's kind of a special band too
1: because they're mm-hmm. almost local jacksonville so pretty close which i've always thought was cool Big thing so with big. emo
0: bands of our, of our day. A lot of them spawned out of Florida. It was just a big thing. A lot of them. Tampa. Was, yeah, Tampa and obviously
1: uh, Dashwoods right? Boca. Wasn't Under Earth Tampa?
0: <sighs> yeah. Which
1: is awesome because they were
0: amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just d- d- diving into that and just really appreciating it. It's crazy how I, out of all of them. I do feel that dashboard feels a little uh, like timeless. They, they have like their own sound that I I feel was never replicated. I feel like nobody came around and were like, they're the new dashboard or they're like a dashboard. No, not quite. Never, never quite like it. And, uh, they, they have like a spot in my mind. That's all their own. And, uh, and even, even they can't go back. You know what I mean? Like, at a certain point. It's like, their recent albums are good, but they're not... Like, after Dusk and Summer, um, they they just kind of moved on, you know? And, like, every, what they do is good still. It's still really good, but it's not what it was. And that's just how it goes. You're not going to be writing about the same stuff. Chris Krabbe was how old when he wrote Swiss Army Romance, that album? How old? That was in, like, the year 2000. That's when that album came out, 23 years ago. Holy crap. There's no way you're going to yeah be the it's, same
1: the swiss army romance like i'm just going down the titles like every one of them i like know just by reading the title i'm like oh yeah i have memories of listening to that song that's mm-hmm. crazy every single song on every the single album song. yeah like, it's like boom boom living boom. in the letters swiss army romance turpentine chaser a Plain morning age six racer it's like right. it's just all every single song it's crazy so many albums you have like you know, maybe five. If it's an amazing album, you're like, "Oh yeah, it's that one's good. That one's good. And this one's like, nope. Just put it on. Doesn't yeah. matter where you click. Just put them all on."
0: We all just absorbed yeah, these absolutely. albums when we were when we when the, we were that yep. age. I mean, we all just it was just a part it of it our lives. The perfect time. Yeah, us. absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Just diving back into that and kind of. I don't know, just reappreciating the songs. Like even now when you get older, honestly, it's like hearing the lyrics in a different way, uh sort of um and kind of appreciating so certain well aspects written. of the music. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I like people are like, "Oh my god, so emo." Yeah. It's very, you know, earnest and, and, and at that point, but I I it, it just it's at that point I feel like back back in that time period where you almost you almost feel that like there was a lot more intimacy in a lot of recordings because, you know, now these days you can, anyone can pretty much sit down and record something that sounds pretty professional. But back in the day, even if something was built off a re- the back of a record label, often you get this like kind of stripped down sound where you're like, yeah, this is what I have. You know what I mean? And it, it, it I don't know, like, almost pulls you into the room with the artist it's cool i'm not saying it doesn't exist now i'm just saying that like it was a phenomenon that's probably what the emo thing was about like when fallout boy had their first album it kind of sounded like they recorded it in their garage and it was kind of had an appeal to it i don't know yep. but i didn't want i didn't mean to go on that long but yeah <laughs> well, we've been watching no, you're play.
1: completely right i mean that's exactly what i've what i think about as well with those albums Panic of the Disco is one that I always remember. You and I driving around listening to, and it's just like it was just so cool to have that experience where like you had just picked up the album. You're like, these guys sound good. I got recommended by somebody else, and sweet. And then we're listening to it, like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah, forgetting uh, Fever, you can't swim. I'm sure
1: everybody's has those artists that are like that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Britney Spears and NSYNC for other people, and
0: that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're really dating ourselves. It's probably Britney Spears for other people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's foreigner for some people.
0: Yeah, for, or post even older people. <laughs> some people. If you're younger, or yeah, but uh, five yeah. seconds
1: to summer or something. Something like that. What are the kids listening to these days?
0: <laughs> Who knows?
1: <laughs> something silly. Uh, what are you um, watching?
0: Slash playing, dude
1: trying to remember um so like i said um only murders in the building came back and uh i think we've only watched that first episode or maybe the second one i don't know we're a little behind i believe um all right i think they release it all right no
0: Actually, no no okay not Hulu. generally not the they did with the bear season two which was odd i, I was like yeah. what, really but most of the time no
1: so it looks like tonight actually they just released the fourth so i think we've watched two um and it's a lot of fun it's just it's a solid formula that uh i don't feel like it pushes the envelope on anything it doesn't try to like reinvent any new space it just does something that appeals to a lot of people and it does it well with a cast that i think one of the things that who is it one of them i think it was martin short said you know i just i don't work with anybody i don't like anymore if i don't like them i walk off the project immediately like i'm at a point in my (laughs) career where i don't have time to bother with people i don't like so you know selena and and steve like he he loves those people and you can tell you know on screen um obviously you know there's a lot of other people in the show and and there's big stars that have come on in this season but specifically those three you know they seem to really like each other and enjoy each other's company and that's been said in the interviews and uh Yeah, it comes through and I think that's something that more shows should take note of. Um it's not so much about getting names, it's more about getting chemistry. Um and the chemistry. I think it's something that works in the bear. I think, you know, there was good chemistry there and it shows through on screen. I think of something like uh, The Walking Dead. I, I felt like there was really good chemistry with those those people. And, you know, it, it, great casting is one thing, but if those people can't work well together, a lot of times that can be a problem. And, and, and you'll see that sometimes with a show where it'll work for a couple seasons, but then you can kind of tell, like, and then you hear later, yeah, these people hated each other behind the scenes. It's like, yeah, well, that's probably why it only went three seasons or something like that. Or, you know, the final seasons weren't that great. Anyways, that's something that I think works with this show and uh just highly recommend it. It seems like this is just another solid uh solid season that seems like it's you know, new twists, new turns, new story, new reinvention and you know, some big names Paul Rudd's in it, um Streep. Street. But, you know, it just solid formula and I feel like they're they're still making it work somehow and that's that's awesome. I'm excited. Especially excited to see a show come back a year afterwards because that doesn't happen a lot a lot of times we get these multiple years and i think about something like stranger things it's like we have no idea when that show is even coming back right it's already been years since then so um yeah excited that that came right back and uh, just recommend it um we're also watching the after party on apple tv yeah uh new season came out and uh this is another one that i think we're a little behind but let me just, uh, bring it up and see where we're at here. After Pate. Pate. Um, there's so many after party things. Every time you Google it, it's like, wait, not that after party. Um, so this, this is the second season. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And this is another one that, um, started last year, came back again this year, um, which seems to be something Apple TV's been pretty good about. Um, I don't know if they have a especially good team that <laughs> puts pressure on these guys to stay on the production or what. Um, but uh, it seems like every show I've watched on there has been pretty consistent. Ted Lasso even, which was, you know, I know there was some drama about production stuff with them. And obviously mm. the COVID shutdowns hurt everyone. But uh, anyways, yeah, the after party. Um, this time it's about a wedding circuit. Yeah. It's, you know, encircled around a wedding. Um, the murder. It's another murder mystery. A lot of murder mysteries right now. Um. But, yeah, it's another solid formula where, you know, they add new characters. Um, kind of change the cast up somewhat with some returning characters. It's good. You know, it's another one. It's like it's a B plus solid thing to watch. Um, don't have any complaints. I'm not. I'm not, you know, all struck by the quality, but a solid show. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, It's a Miller, you know, Lord and Miller. I think this is just Christopher Miller. Um, I don't think uh, whatever the first name of the guy, Lord, is. I don't think he's working on it, but it is Lord Miller production. Um, Yeah, just the Lord and then Christopher Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, fun, you know, fun show. I'm probably forgetting something that I wanted to mention. I watched some movie, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Something old. Told you about the color of money. Watch that. Um, I can't remember. If I remember, maybe while you're uh, talking, I'll hit back on it. Okay. Go, Jordan, go.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so... (sighs) I don't know if this has happened on the podcast yet, but I I've, every now and then, like I'll see you'll see you see a movie and there's like and, and it sneaks up on you and it's like oh my god that was a that was a big one that's gonna be a big one in my life as far as like movies that have impacted me and I, I'm actually it's like one of those things like now that I'm talking about it on the podcast it's like almost like I feel pressure to encapsulate my feelings on the movie because I feel that strongly about it which is uh is a wild thing and it's quite a build up uh, to me talking about it. Uh, okay. So this movie came out in 2018. Um I just it, I knew about it, but I it, it was kind of just brought to my attention uh, by a YouTube short. Um real quick, I I want to I want to you know what? I'm I'm not talking about too much uh, this week. So I'm going to spend some time on this one. Um I'm going to preface the title of the movie because the title is a strange one. OK. in um, some cultures and ancient cultures like an ancient custom was to be if you had a failing organ or an unhealthy organ to eat a healthy organ would be to make that organ better. That's, you know, was an ancient right. belief. Also, an ancient belief that is similar to that is that if you ate an organ of someone of a loved one, a part of their soul would be up on you as well. A part of their soul would be uh, a part of you. In a way, if you ate one of their organs. Um, so, with all that being said, the the name of this movie. It's an anime film that came out again. That came out in 2018. That's based on a book um, that became a live action Japanese movie, but then became this anime um, film. It's called "I Want to Eat Your Pancreas." Um, insane title. <laughs> this movie didn't do very well. Um, did extremely well I critically. Why yeah so weird the title is insane title so catchy it's so catchy it's it's this is i will say this is a common thing with uh japanese um media in general not just even not just animes their literature their mangas their 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 thing is to like let's make the most outlandish title ever just to it's almost like their form of clickbait when it comes to like their their media like isn't that an insane title didn't it just catch your attention? But that being said, as I preference this that that title actually has meaning within the the piece uh, that actually makes it make sense to me. like after watching the movie, I was like, yeah, I'm fine with that movie being called that. Um, okay, so this movie, just to kind of make it simple and then kind of expand on it, just to kind of like i'm I'm gonna provide an analog to what this movie is. Think, in a way, there's a lot of these movies, an anime version of, I don't know, A Walk to Remember. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. This is a a trope, almost. This this type of movie, it's always around. Young person with an illness gains a friend or a lover or something like that and changes that person's life as they that, that move on.
1: Midnight Sun movie, it's the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah, let's let's go down the list. You know, My Sister's Keeper, um freaking The Fault in Our Stars, yeah. a lot of cancer movies. Um even ones where you don't know they're going to die at the hurt. beginning. Yeah, And uh, Bridge to Terabithia. And you know, um I honestly have a lot of problems with a lot of those movies. Sometimes I feel they're I I can feel the emotional manipulation just strangling me the entire time i can feel the contrivances i feel like unnatural messages messages that don't feel earned getting pushed in my face honestly um and so for this movie to be so far up there for me was like wow holy freaking crap i mean just you know borderline what what it's about is uh, a young girl in high school named Sakura she's dying of pancreas failure like it's going and so she has a time limit like her life it, it you don't even it's not even a spoiler she's going to die it's said in the very beginning. And the movie is a the, your, the perspective of the movie is from this boy. You don't know his name through the majority of the movie and he's this guy who's completely aloof. He's apathetic. he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't want any friends. And through circumstance, he finds out that this girl is going to die and she she's keeping it a secret from her friends and pretty much everyone else but her mom and now this boy. And so she makes a decision that she wants, to get close to this boy and spend as much time with him as possible until she dies, mainly because of his attitude of being like, okay, whatever, and I don't, I don't feel like I care about people because he is a, not able to, you know, hang out with her, but not emotionally freak out all the time and make her feel like a uh, subject of pity, and uh, and have her life, her final days surrounded by drama, and so. That's the movie, that's the premise. It goes on, you go, You see the movie through the boy's perspective. And it's a, again, it's a premise that um, we get a lot in media. And it, it, yeah, it's, again, all it's down to execution. It has so many layers to its message, what it's trying to say, and its characters. And um, the the goal is like, okay, how can we conjoin everything the narrative the characters and the message and how do we make it all sing towards the end how does it just build upon itself to the end to make it to make it work and the message is a simple one that's the thing I do like about anime a lot in Japanese media I guess like here in America we we like are almost we feel like we have to really reinvent the wheel when it comes to our messages and often they become like okay we don't really know so our message is going to be a political one I don't know but um animes yeah. often will generally hold on to like these kind of uh, eternal messages that we've heard a million times but their goal isn't to like tell it to you as if it's the first time you've heard it. It's their goal is to make you feel it and to be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to really make you feel this message. And the message is simple to, you know, live like you can die any day. And there's a few twists in this movie that really drives that home and to hold on to your friends, open yourself up to people around you. And it's again, simple stuff like me saying it. It sounds like, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I've seen that a million times, but geez, <laughs> oh, this movie—I would like. I'm not the kind of guy who seeks out movies that make me sad or emotional. I really don't do that, but this movie, I was like. I was, like, you know, feeling it. It's one of those movies where I cry during it, and then, like, later in the day, I'll, like, think about it again and start to tear up. You know, it's one of those movies. (laughs) And the thing is about it, it's not, like, a dreary, miserable movie. The message is uplifting. How it's delivered is in an uplifting way. The ending is, like, uplifting. in in, in like everything that it's doing but like man because of how that character is structured and how it makes that the uh, main character like your point of view it really does put you in that character's shoes really well so you as that character is opening up his heart to this girl and the world around him you feel yourself doing the same thing and it's it really like puts you in it and so it's one of those where it's like if you go into it Keep that in mind. You're going to you might be put in a rut of some sort, (laughs) not maybe depressed or anything, but just really in your feelings. Uh, It it just kind of does that. And that's I I love that. I love when movies can make me feel things. You know, that's I've seen so many and so many times I'll see a movie and I'll be like, that was a movie. And, you know, and I don't feel really much of anything going in or going out. And so, yeah, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time this is the part that really hurts me the fact this movie is near impossible to watch um i don't get it i don't get it a lot this movie is acclaimed it's a it's not low but it's a beautiful movie it has a english dub and everything about it is pristine but for some reason and this is the case with a lot of anime movies that's the funny thing with anime series you could get them anywhere you could, if you want to watch it you can watch it but with some of these movies man i don't know if it's a rights issue or whatever no the answer is no you just can't do it and so i was like how am i gonna see this movie i've heard it was so good so i was like is it can i buy it okay it's available in one store exclusively on blu-ray and it's like not cheap and all right can i see it digitally no not streaming where can i buy it digitally Nope, not able to be purchase it anywhere digitally. Crazy, right? And so I have to I had to dust off my pirate hat, put it back on so I can watch this movie. But hey, look, you've heard me talk I love this movie. I bought that overpriced Blu-ray. I bought it. And so uh, I definitely want it to be part of my collection. I definitely want to support it. I don't know what the deal is with that, but they need to get better and have like a good like way to watch these movies, there's just so many quality things. Like, people who don't like anime sometimes like anime movies because, like, it's almost like a different thing sometimes. Um, a, a different subject matter is in these movies and just have a different feel sometimes. And the artistry is just poured into the one hour and 30 minutes instead of kind of spread out uh, across 100 episodes yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, um it's it's almost like pain painful to me to recommend a movie so much, but you you barely have a way to see it. The I, I the only reason I recognize the title is like that's crazy because I remember hearing about it coming to theaters for like a fathom of it. Um back in the day, like you know, 5 years ago when this movie came out and I recognized it then I was like okay, that's where I heard about it. But I missed my opportunity then and apparently everyone else did too who doesn't want to just blindly buy the Blu-ray? <laughs> for like 40 bucks um <laughs> yeah but anyways i i can't recommend that this movie enough it's just man i generally don't like i watch a lot of anime i didn't really don't like talk and talk and talk about it because i know it's something that some people are into or they're just not but this is one of those things where i feel like it just transcends its own genre and i'm just like wow this is just so well executed it has a it's wonderfully artistically made and it has a powerful message and it really affected me. And so all those things I'm like, yep, boom. Gotta talk about it at length. Sorry. <laughs> Sweet. Um one more thing. Uh, I thought I'd mention before we get into our review. Um, I saw uh Teens Mutant Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So I thought I had to talk about it. I saw turtles, right? Yeah. Um, It was really good. Heard it's great. Yeah, it's really good. I don't have. It's one of those things where I don't honestly have a ton to say. I just saw it and I enjoyed it. It was just a a fun movie, and like it's one of those things where you, as someone who's followed Turtles for a while, they they always make little changes here and there. And so, like, seeing like where the changes are, which changes do you like, which changes don't you like, Um, and yeah, there's some of that in this, but I think this coalesces to be probably the most quality Turtles movie as far as like. Execution and everything it tries to do, and how much of it it accomplishes. Um, it's, yeah, uh, there's a few things I want to mention here and there. Um, the things I didn't like, this is just a preference thing. It really doesn't matter as far as the narrative. But for me, I feel like there's been this thing that, like all these 80s and 90s uh, things that we've liked, there's been a lot of elements of martial arts that they've kind of come from, but they seem to stray further and further away from like martial arts being like cool because, you know, back in the day, martial arts was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Everyone knows karate, knowing karate is cool. But now it's like, yeah, let's downplay that. And they did it in power Rangers in the movie. It's like, Mm. you can tell they could fight, but it's like, do they know martial arts? Like what's the deal with that? It's, (laughs) and in this, it's like a weird thing. It's a weird thing, and they, they continue to do that. It's been on pace with turtles and like the Michael Bay, not really Michael yeah, Bay, whatever. They never talk about it much there. Yeah, no, it's like Splinter learned it from a book and taught it to them. And this one is they learn it off YouTube. And that's as, <laughs> it's as silly oh, as it can get. Yeah, It, it just like, I felt like, you know, with Cobra Kai, I was like, oh man, there's going to be a resurgence because they put that in the forefront. Like, karate and martial arts it's all about it in that show and so it is a very popular show but still it just gets downplayed it's kind of weird it's kind of sad but that's it i mean that's my my only kind of nitpick i thought like a lot of the other changes were really good i i like the like the turtles have a goal to like fit in they like want to go to high school they're it, that i'm like yeah that that actually all works in the movie um there's a message in the movie and the, the message is good and well thought out and it integrated well into the into the story and into the characters about acceptance and what you'll do to get it and what maybe what you shouldn't do and maybe your um, intentions of doing what you're doing are you doing the right thing for acceptance or are you doing the right thing to do the right thing it, good stuff um, in this day and age for sure um, but yeah it, highly enjoyable movie there are some the animation's interesting because it looks like it's a, a Spider-Verse clone, like, from that's what I thought it was going to be, but no, not quite. It kind of, it almost does, like, this is a Nickelodeon movie, right? But it did, like, remind mm-hmm. me in a way of some, like, old-school 90s shows that I used to watch, like Rugrats, where, like, some of the characters would look kind of weird, and like, some of the, some of just the people and, like, objects would look, you know, kind of scribbled in and kind of just quickly drawn on, and there's there's a lot of that. Mm. In in the movie and uh, it, it's kind of cool, but it, it's it, it's a uh, you know I, I could see where the Spider Verse uh, comparisons come in, but it's definitely different enough to where it has its own style for sure. But yeah, check it out at some point for sure. Um, it's a good one. Cool.
1: It's good they nailed it. Nothing yeah, worse than bad versions of stuff, which make it nobody wants to make it anymore. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it keeps happening
0: they haven't like had like an actual version of turtles that most people agreed were good since like that 1991 like there's some like each one has like the some some people like each one but not, universally I think most people are like yeah no even that like CGI one that came out in like 2009 or whatever that has like it's defenders and people who hate it and you know everything in between but this one was like it's good that most people think it's Solid. It's like the first time in a long time for turtles. Yeah. We have a movie to talk about.
1: We do. DC. DC. We're
0: back, no baby. No longer
1: DCEU.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what is this? this is like
1: DCU, right?
0: Or maybe is this like DCU uh, something else? Is this like DC? Wasn't it
1: DCEU? It was and DCEU. Now it's DCU.
0: Now it's DCU, but this isn't like a weird place, right? This this movie in particular, to where the character—a
1: flotilla in the universe of—it
0: really is DCU, right? Where like some of this stuff might There's be no moving anchor into to it. it, right? It's. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. You you've mentioned this about how you think this movie should have been pushed quite.
1: Absolutely. a Absolutely, they should should have swapped them. Yeah. Swap. I mean I know why they didn't, but at least time-wise, they definitely should have swapped them. Right. The reason they didn't do it is because nobody knows the name Blue Beetle and they know they're not going to draw as much of an audience from some unknown lead and an unknown hero.
0: Yeah. And I and it's get that. Ready to go, I guess this movie was had a weird thing where it was going to go to HBO Max like straight to HBO Max. Before yep. a lot of their businesses, business decisions changed.
1: Um, kind of surprised they didn't. Honestly, there's been a lot of movies losing money, and yeah, I don't know. I I can see more production companies vying for just sending things to streaming until they're proven that they can really bring in money.
0: Yeah, it's a weird equation that they have to do to be like, okay, is this going to bring up our subscribers? Yeah. Are we gonna do this and hopefully it brings up our subscribers? Or are we gonna make more in ticket sales, but we have to do more yeah. for marketing?
1: But we gotta do, yeah, we gotta do profit sharing with the with the with the theaters, right? And send out reels, which I'm sure is an expensive process.
0: Man, this movie—it it almost like for me, I feel like it. It's had it rough before it even came out because I I kept seeing these headlines saying like Blue Beetle projected to make like in these like abysmally low amounts. And like I haven't seen that for a movie in a long time where they out the gate prophesy it's doom (laughs) before it even comes out like a month before it comes out. I'm like, geez, guys, is this like a self-fulfilling prophecy or what's happening here? (laughs) You know,
1: I mean it's it's a time in which I feel like a lot of a lot of the headlines around movies are negative. I mean people had a lot of doubts about the Barbie Oppenheimer weekend and it really did it did kind of prove itself to be obviously <laughs> much more profitable than people thought, but you know, before then I mean we just hadn't had you know we'd had a few successes to me that it was very disappointing to see what mission impossible did i keep coming back yeah. to that that headline just shocked me 100 million dollar loss for something that was so anticipated that i was so looking forward to that Sounds i amazing. loved afterwards i so thought bad. it was you know one of the best ones to come out and to hear that it's losing money was very disheartening um and so then you come out with a very unknown property like this from a studio that's struggled mightily with its releases and you know, you can see why there was a lot of doubt. It just, it it's, it's a tough time. You know, it has been a tough time and it continues to be a tough time for movies that aren't known, you know, things like guardians of the galaxy or, or, you know, I mean, Barbie, really, I was very surprised, even though people know Barbie, I think it, it had this, this secondary life after it was released. Um, from a certain part of the population that really enjoyed it and uh, and brought their friends to it. Um, yeah. But without that brand recognition, um, you know, if, if Barbie had been the same movie but it had been some, like, Bratz or something, you know, I just... I think it would have been a very different release. Even if it had been the exact same quality, I think putting that Bratz name on it just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly to think, but you know what the I'm saying. It, yeah. Like yeah, I know, brand yeah. that's not Barbie. Um, it just it doesn't have the shine on it that that Barbie does. And I don't know. Movies can be weird in that way.
0: Yeah, so can yeah, audiences. I'm looking yeah. at it.
1: So Blue Beetle made 25 million. So just so everyone knows it barely beat out Barbie,
0: which is crazy. Yeah, it's quite a, a booby prize out. to beat out Barbie in its fourth weekend.
1: <laughs> and it lost to Barbie today or yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: It's not good. It's no. not good. It, it was. It didn't bode well when we went to theaters and like, uh, it, it was in. It was a Thursday premiere, and it was in one of the smaller ones. It wasn't in like the R P X. It wasn't in the one, the other bigger screens. It was in just kind of the middling screen, and it's premiere night.
1: Yeah, and it's understandable, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, mean,
1: I know, feel bad for it, but it is understandable.
0: Yeah, because the
1: theaters yeah, can I make do. more money off the other movies. That's just reality. All
0: right a lot of preamble here, but i have more um quick question Luke um what I've, we may have talked about this in an episode prior, but going as this movie was being uh sold to you through its trailers and marketing what what was your I'm just curious so like what was your feel when you were witnessing these trailers as far as like what 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 vibe were you getting off of it what were you thinking
1: generic? That would be that would be the takeaway. It just it felt very like, you know, it felt like I'm not hating anything I'm seeing, but I'm also kind of unemotional about what I'm seeing. it's just like, yep, that's another superhero. It it looks like another version of, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man or something. But, you know, in, in 2023, with all the retrospective of all the years of all these things coming and you know, if this movie came out in 2002, I would have been incredibly excited, and, and I would have been just <laughs> counting down the days for it to come out, but, uh, you know, it's probably partially me as a cynical older human being uh, having seen so much at this point, um, you know, and that probably tainted a little bit of my uh, my thoughts about, about the trailer, but yeah, that's just it, just kind of generic, and it was just like, yeah, okay, you know, it'd probably, probably be fun, but i am not (laughs) counting down the moments that's for sure
0: okay now the movie (laughs) go
1: (laughs) i i was pleasantly surprised i i thought it was uh much better than i thought it was gonna be um you know was it generic in a lot of parts yes you know was it was it cookie cutter yes but um you know there there was a lot of positives that i came away from it um You know, I I don't know how much detail you want me to get into, but it it just did a lot more than other DC movies have done for me. And a lot of my complaints that I've said I felt like were kind of recognized by this director. And I feel like he corrected the wrongs of previous (laughs) directors and previous DC movies. And so for that, I I can give it a lot of credit. Um, Is this going to go down as one of my favorite superhero movies? Absolutely not. But I would definitely not say I came away with negative thoughts. It was just, yeah. It's a solid superhero movie. It's a solid, you know, origin story and good, good for, especially good for Hispanic people. You know, obviously this is a very Hispanic movie and I think it, it did the Hispanic culture, you know, as, as little as I know as a non-Hispanic, it seemed like it did the Hispanic culture, um, justice. And I was kind of talking to CJ about that and he was kind of excited that there was as much Hispanic stuff in it and it was cool because you don't, you don't get to see, Hispanic Mexican culture, like represented, as much as you did in this movie.
0: Yeah, I think we saw the same movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, <laughs> and, you know, I, I agree. Agreed. You know, a lot of this is like paint-by-numbers superhero movie stuff. But you know, but kind of reminded
1: me of Ant Man a little bit. Yeah, it's one <laughs> Just of those like things. Same kind of like organization, like you were saying.
0: Right. It's one of those things where it's like you you feel. That they're doing a lot of things right, like they're making the okay. They're like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what the movie should do at this point. I'm kind of nodding along to it, like yeah, yeah. You want to show, you want to say the main. Ca- it's a superhero movie. You want to say the main character's name a lot to get you associated with it. Jaime, yeah. Jaime, Jaime, and you want to you know show what he's about. You want to give him uh, okay, a- Jamie. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> You want to give him a hero moment before he becomes a, a superhero, you know, and show that he's yeah. worthy and stuff like that. You know, there are a lot of things you, you do right. Like that's what you – the last stuff that you want to do. But at the same time – Very yeah, Marvel formula. Yeah, there's a formula to this and I think it sticks to the formula pretty well. Um, there's just not a lot that makes it stand apart in a way to where – this won't just be another one of them. Like what flavor of superhero um, formula do you want? Do you want this flavor? Because it has its own flavor. It has its own charms. I think, I think like I there's think a fan. The,
1: the one thing I would interject in there that I think the only thing I would look back on is it, mm. it shows a Mexican family like together no, and it shows that where that hasn't been really shown in any other superhero f- film. So mm. I would say that that would be the one thing that I would say that, uh, you know, there's there's some of that with, like, Aunt Paul Rudd's friends in Ant-Man. Um, he's right. got, like, some some Hispanic friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it as on display and as funny, and it just, I, I enjoyed that part of it.
0: Absolutely, and it, and it's integrated well. There's so much with Spanish
1: integrated right in with the English. Right. It's kind of interesting. It gives it a, a fun, fun twist. When you George have Lopez, like Lopez of course. George Lopez, crazy. <laughs>
0: he, always. He's seasoned he's so old
1: now, but he's still he's still
0: great. He's just a, he's a fun guy. Right. And you, when you uh have a movie that's like we're doing representation, you want it to be done well and you want it to it to yeah. feel organic and it does. It really does in this movie. It feels organic and it feels good and it draws you in with uh the culture and this family um which
1: Yeah. I, I think one of the cool things it did in that in you know what you're saying is it it showed what I imagine Hispanic people look at and say that's exactly how we are. You know, we're hanging out around the neighborhood and we're having a barbecue and we're throwing back beers with the buds. And it's like, that's exactly how we do it. and it it shows the fun parts of, I think, a culture. And I think mm-hmm. that's what that's what gets people so excited about it. And I think that the movie did well in that way. And sometimes it feels like they put the stuff in, and it's like, you have to understand that it's this and they didn't do that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. right. It's just family having fun and doing what, what families do
0: (laughs) in in this culture. The definition of representation, let's represent what that culture is not. Right. Yeah.
1: In like a pigeonholed kind of way. Exactly. That's not representation. It seems fake
0: almost in a way when, when it's done that way. Um, I think uh, one of the strong points of this movie, I mean, I, Stop me if, if you think I'm wrong here, but I don't I don't know how to say his name, but uh, Zolo, um, I think he's great. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of his. And speaking of Cobra Kai, I, I think he's great in Cobra Kai. He adds a lot of heart.
1: He is the heart. I'd forgotten for sure. that. And then uh, who was it? CJ
0: told me that. I'm like, that's right. Right, it's Miguel. Of course, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, I think he I I you know going into this movie, he was the main thing that I was like, yeah, I think he's perfect for for Jaime. Yeah. And I think like. And I wasn't honestly. I wasn't disappointed. I feel like he just kind of carries some natural charisma into um, this role that really fits well with the character. And um, I I, yeah, I think he's a good central focus. Um, And yeah, I I, I, James Gunn saying that this version will carry. I I hope that we do see this version of of uh, Jaime again, played by by that actor. I just think he's just absolutely. I think he's great in this. I think I think it's yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's like, does he do this like powerhouse performance? But no, he just there's something you can't just like brute force yeah. act your way into, yeah. and that's have good charisma. It wouldn't have,
1: come off well if you did. So right. yeah, and that's not what the actor calls he did for. Needed to be done,
0: right? Yeah. That's not what the character needs to do either. Um, I'm kind
1: of disappointed to see it sitting at a sixty-one. I I thought it had received better. Is it? Oh. That's where the metascore is sitting at right now. Um, oh, the meta, okay. Yeah. Oh,
0: there goes my camera.
1: I'm I'm disappointed to hear that. I, I you know, I, I would have given it higher, but
0: where it's at on I Rotten, don't know Rotten Tomatoes. Where come off yeah. like
1: saying that this is is bad. I don't I don't really see like generic yes, but like I don't see any parts where I can just be like, yeah, this is just I don't like it. I just you know, it's a family movie like. And I mean that, like, it's a superhero movie, like, focused on a family. Like, I've never right. probably seen a superhero move, movie more focused on family. There's plenty of family moments in movies. But this is, like, the family is almost a whole nother character that drives, you know, scenes in the movie.
0: Mm-hmm, 100%. And, like, uh, I think, like, that's part of the culture we're in right now to be um, – just okay or just good is to be bad a lot of the times like that we talked about this with ant-man quantumanium how for that movie to not be really good was for it to be bad you know and so i think that's how a lot of people That's how, like, I don't know the standards. I don't know what it is. But I think, especially, maybe it's a superhero movie thing specifically. I I, I think it might be having to do with superhero fatigue and people's expectations being very high in that genre. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at. People expect more We're like we we expect better you know what I mean yeah. I, I hear that being said a lot and I'm like okay but you're not always gonna get that level to meet your expectations if you're always expecting in game and winter soldier you know what I mean um, but yeah um well anything else you want to say before we uh, go into spoilers
1: Um, I don't think so not right now
0: um, I don't know a, a ton about Blue Beetle. My main knowledge is from uh, certain animated movies and um, episodes of DC animated shows and uh, Injustice too. So um, I can't really be the voice of like the fan of the character, but from what I have seen and have consumed of, of that character... It, it's really well well done as far as one the look and also the persona and of of Jaime um from what i've seen but of course i again i haven't read a single blue beetle comic or anything like that but anyhow spoilers
1: spoil away
0: yeah um it, it's kind of funny for me like <laughs> The family is such a big strength of the movie, like such a big strength of it. But <laughs> there's a certain point in the movie. Where I feel like they overplay their hand a little bit to where it's like they've gone too far with the family and they are having him do them do too much.
1: Yeah. I can see that.
0: I feel like almost to the point where it's like, no, I kind of want our character to have to do a lot of this stuff i understand the, the the you know what the movie's saying and how this character is gaining his strength through the love of his family but at yeah. the same time i do want to feel like i have a very proactive hero and there's like a third act where i feel like he's tied up through most of it and we have a really long action sequence that's focused on the family doing all this stuff that the movie's asking me to buy yep, that they could yep. do. <laughs> the grandmother. See? <laughs>
1: the grandmother specifically. Look. Look, Luke. I, I definitely the grandmother was way too far.
0: Way too far! A lot of people love this sort of thing. Oh my yeah. god, it's so funny oh. to watch the grandma be badass. And you yeah. know, sometimes. Depends on the movie. But here, I was like yep. what movie are we in? <laughs> like,
1: have her do something, that's fine. But, like, she ended up being, like, Schwarzenegger. What? <laughs> like, okay.
0: Oh, my God. Way too goofy. Yeah. There was a certain point where I was like, man, this feels almost, almost, like, childish in a way. Almost like something I'd expect more from, like, Spy Kids. Than, uh, a than something like, and
1: not not as much an action movie,
0: right? And it's not like that's the tone that the movie's established throughout. Yep. There's a lot of serious moments. I mean, there's a lot of funny moments, but not that kind of funny moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep.
1: Juvenile. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Low lowest common denominator kind yeah. of humor. There's a, a a big bug machine that farts. That does a fart. Part of it,
1: I think, is when you have a family. There's really only room for one person to be the comedy relief and obviously George Lopez was. Yeah. And then to have the the grandmother come in, Nana Reyes and be so, such like slapstick like chick me
0: out. Oh my god. It was god. just like okay. That scene with the Gatling sh- oh, I was like <laughs> banditos <laughs> oh <laughs> whatever my. she says god <laughs> yeah. yeah um hate to jump in with the negative there but yeah that that was like a point for me where i was like man this is the point in the movie where jaime really needs to be the focus and like it was right after a tragedy happens where they they lost the 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 patriarch of the family <laughs> and, then, and then like and it's yeah. like we get this, and, and I could like... tell
1: she was like changing the way she was acting. I'm like they're gonna do a whole thing with her. They're turning her into this main character. I couldn't believe it. Whereas she was such a background character for the whole first part
0: of the movie, right? Man. Um, Anyways, dead horse beat. Dead horse has been beaten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, sh- what? What did you, what do you think, think about of, Susan Sarandon, Georgie? Okay, Susan Sarandon. There are parts where I'm like... <laughs> there are parts where I enjoy her and parts I really don't. It's kind of like a weird yep. thing. She's turned up to a 10 here, would you say, as far as her like villainous yeah. persona yeah. here. She's hamming it up. Yeah. And there are times where I'm just like, God, Susan Sarandon, can you just... Yeah. And there's, there's times like, there's, I enjoy there's it.
1: There's nothing menacing about her, I think, no. is part of it. It's just no. you take her as just this, like, spoiled rich person that's just being sassy and just never never my favorite type of, like, baddie, big bad. Um, I like the thoughtful, you know, the thoughtful enemies that it's like you feel like they, they have so much more knowledge and they're so far ahead of whoever it is. And it takes like moving the world to like understand their plan, and it comes together. And it's like this was such the opposite,
0: right? It's
1: like kind of like Ant-Man
0: know. in that way. It was kind of like uh, with Darren Cross, very yeah. <laughs> yeah, very throwaway. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it's, it's one of those things. There's so many different ways you can go with your villain. You can be like, are we going to make them a villain you want to understand? Are they going to make a villain you're afraid of? And I think the direction they were going for here, I think, was to be a villain that you're entertained by, like someone who, like the Joker. Like, we're like, oh, they're just so over the top. They're just fun to watch. Like Jason Momoa in Fast X or whatever, to where they're just so out there. You're just like, I just love watching them. They're fun to hate or whatever. And this is just, it just didn't... <laughs> didn't do it for me most of the time. There a few fun parts, but the majority of the movie, I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs>
1: yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about the other guy? I forgot his, I don't his name, but the muscle.
1: Um, Carapax is what they have here, which I would Carapax. never Carapax. I mean, he barely said a word, right? <laughs> right, no. No, no, no. That was what was kind of, I don't know. It felt. I feel like we're being so negative. I don't. I don't know. We're being I, I so negative. I didn't hate Luke. this movie, but you it know, it's like shallow. I guess is just what I think our, our reflection are kind of showing. Like, as much as we didn't didn't dislike it, it it was shallow, and I think this is another example of its shallowness, where he was very much like the very atypical like bouncer turned into a. into a a bad muscle whatever i don't know it was kind of weird the whole thing where they wrapped up with his story where they showed like where he came from it was kind of weird that they did all of that right at the end without (laughs) any other story being told before that And, and it was it was impactful and i i enjoyed it i thought that was a good way to, to steer that, that part of the scene but at the same time it was kind of like we were had this big moment that didn't have any anchor on it And kind of like what I was saying yeah. about this movie a flotilla it was kind of like oh this is a really cool backstory but what <laughs> we barely even know this guy so, yeah he was fine <laughs> I mean he did a fine job it just I don't feel like he was given anything to, to do really
0: yeah, and they do the classic thing where so many origin stories do this. The classic thing where the villain has basically just the same powers as the hero. It's Ant-Man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where yeah. Iron Man 1, whatever, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on of, of those movies. Where the in the origin story, the villain is just another version, <laughs> player two of, uh, yeah. of the uh, of the main character. In their, in their abilities. And so it's the same thing. I'm not going to... This they, It's been done so many times, I almost feel bad digging this movie for doing what's been done just over and over and over again. So often in these uh, origin stories. Um, yep. But anywho, uh, I'm sorry, some, one more thing. This isn't really a negative thing. It's just something I wish there was more of a little bit. The AI, like the Scarab, the Entity... There were parts of the movie where I felt like, like towards the end, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm digging. Like, I love that sort of interactions. We've seen this sort of thing in movies before where there's like an AI in the suit or in wherever, and you're, you're a chip in your head, and you have to like and interact with it, get along and figure out how to become symbiotic with it, right? And they do a lot of it at the end, but I kind of wanted more of it. There was a part in the movie where um, Jaime's asking these questions and uh the uncle's like you know well ask it you know and i'm like yeah you do need a scene where you just kind of have this talk with them not just constantly kind of only while they're fighting basically is when they're communicating i kind of wanted a scene where they're like hey this is what i'm about hey why did you choose me hey what are we doing you know like stuff like that i kind of wanted that to like either Mm -hmm. show some conflict there or to show them coming together I, i you know
1: yeah it was Yeah, I mean it was it was fun. I thought I thought it was it was interesting the way uh, mm-hmm. the whole suit thing. It was you know, very similar to you think of uh what Venom, Iron Man. Yeah. Um, but uh DC hasn't really had something like that, you know. And um I think it could be fun. I think it could be fun t- if it's such a thing where you question DC and where it's going to be. And it, I, I, I just think how well that worked with Iron Man. And I think this could be something, if they really tried hard, I think it, Blue Beetle and the whole, well, what what is it even called? like It's Kaija. Alien tech. That. Yeah, Kaija. Um, tech could be, could be fun and it could have... Its fingers and other things, kind of in the same way that the Iron Man tech did, um, mm-hmm. and so I, yeah, I like that whole relationship. I've always kind of liked that, like voice in the head and and same. stuff like that. Venom, Venom, you know, is one of the oldest examples of it, at least in the pop culture. But um, yeah, I think it's a cool idea, and I just, I just don't trust that DC's going to do well with it. I just, I don't know. It just, it feels like this is a character that is almost doomed to doomed to fail right from the beginning, and
0: yeah, I don't know <laughs> let's say some nice things, let's be nice, let's say some nice things now <laughs> it's just I, I what
1: i I care enough to to say these things, and yet i I worry about the future, you know what I mean it's like yeah, yeah, I don't want these things to happen but but I feel like they might so. That's why I say it, not to be negative, but to just be like, "Oh, what could have been?" You know, possibly. You know, we we don't know that it's going to fail yet, but it's just when movies don't do well, when they tank like this, it just that's what really concerns you, right? Um, This was filmed for IMAX. Did you realize that? I did not.
0: Absolutely not. No, I mean we don't have one, so (laughs) that's cool. That is cool. Wish I saw it in IMAX. Um I wish I had an IMAX in Gainesville, but we
1: don't. Um The action scenes were great. Speaking of something positive, I I really enjoyed it's it's cool because it has that like Green Lantern thing too, where you can form whatever weapon you want. Yeah. Um and, and, and Venom. Venom does the same kind of thing. Um and I I've always loved that, and it's so cool to have like flying abilities and have these like arms, accessory arms that you can fight with. So uh, just the whole being introduced to Blue Beetle as someone who had no idea who he was—it's just it is a really cool character, cool yeah. abilities. Um, it would be up there. It's one of those things I wouldn't mind getting, and it's cool that you can just like turn it off and be yourself again. It's one one thing that a lot of heroes can't be
0: right it's one of those powers that like seems to have like not very many downsides you know obviously you have privacy no issues. cyclops right <laughs> yeah there's no cyclops where you have to wear sunglasses for the rest of your life all the, or the time movies.
1: or you murder everyone around or, you yeah
0: or your girlfriend gets her head blown off or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah um, I think it was well represented too. I do like like I I like this sort of thing, you know, especially with characters that are supposed to be like this. He is supposed to be like kind of this uh overconfident like fun loving kind of superhero when he's doing it and when he's fighting especially like towards the end you get the sense that he's having a good time and he thinks every what he's doing is awesome sometimes you you get you want them to get to that point at a certain point instead of it being like oh man this sucks you know what i mean and so he gets there as a character and you kind of enjoy that moment as he's making all these cool things And a lot of that action feels like anime you know when he makes that giant sword like dang it was final fantasy or something but like uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um something uh a a positive thing. Um I think kind of just the the thrust of the movie is is solid, you know, like they they establish the family at the beginning. They establish the needs of the family and the needs of the character and what the characters want and all that stuff. It's like yeah, that that's what you do. That's what you do when you make a movie like this, and it's all done well. for like this is what the family about. This is the hardships that they have. They make you understand the hardships of them losing the house and needing more money and you know gentrification happening and kind of pushing. Um, their family out of you know further and further kind of relegated yeah. to the edges of uh of the city <laughs> that they've been in for a long time and you're like, yeah, I understand this and and uh you're on their side the they make a likable character out of the dad and you're like yeah he's the the kind of the glue that holds the family together. And he's all positive and super generous. He's going to, he's going to give a big tip, even though they don't have the money. And you're like, okay, I'm going to be endeared to this family. They, they love each other. And, and, uh, yeah, all that's, all that stuff's good, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that made me enjoy the movie. and, And that's the kind of thing that I was saying earlier that, so many of these DC origin stories. I think of how we were introduced to Ben Affleck's Batman. I always go back to that. It's just like, boom, here he is. Okay, let's go. Here he is. He just blew someone's head off. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, I'm so glad that they, even though it does feel stolen from Marvel, um, but at the same time, it's like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's how people get introduced to people in any kind of movie, whether superhero or not. And so you have to have these emotional moments. You have to have these things like picked up from the airport, you know, after coming back from school. It's, it's so typical of any movie. And it's just it's the way it needs to be. And I think sometimes you just have to say, OK, we can't reinvent the wheel. We just need to introduce people, have them care about them and show the family and all that stuff. And they did that. And it's yeah. Yeah, it's just it's what I've wanted for all these characters—Batman, Superman—and I—and it's the kind of thing that I'm like, please just do this for Superman, but do it even better, you know. Hopefully, yeah, like make them even to a more nth degree, but but stay with this formula because this formula works, and just have the story be more complicated, have maybe more interesting characters, and even more like dramatic moments, um, and you'll have a great movie. It's as simple as that, and, right? You know, like I said, Marvel has just shown like. If you include more of these things, people will love it, and please do that.
0: Right. I think uh, this movie I, – I, there was a certain point in the movie where I kind of felt that I like – you know, do you ever do that? It's not, it's not a good thing to do as uh, someone who's going to be talking about a movie like this, but to form an opinion in the middle of the movie. Like there's something I yep. kind of knew it was doing at a certain point, and I couldn't tell like my feelings yep. on it, but I felt – like I'm a character first kind of person in these in these kind of movies like put the characters first and that's good news for me and I think they they try to do that. I think they really do make it their aim to do it like to sometimes a fault, but for me it's like okay, this isn't what the movie should be doing from a pacing perspective but they're doing it in service of the character so I kind of respect it. There's like they're and I'm talking about the time they spend like in the mansion. They're like in the mansion and they have a lot of scenes of them just kind of being emotional with each other. They have the one scene where he's learning like and he kind of blows up at everyone or whatever. And then he has this emotional talk with his uncle. And before that he has like an emotional talk with uh, Jenny and, uh, and it's back, you know, back to back, but it's all in the service of them. You liking each of the characters more, (laughs) you know? And so I can't blame it too much for spending that giant chunk of time to do that when it's, usually what I'm looking for in these movies for characters to get to know each other. And
1: yeah, yep.
0: like there was a certain point where I was like, ah, exactly. This it's that so bad. generic,
1: but at so the same generic, time, but... it's like, well, gotta do it
0: <laughs> right i the only thing is i just wish they had better stuff to talk about you know this is the kind you know, of thing that you see a lot they it, haven't it,
1: done enough to have stories together and stuff like this <laughs> right
0: and, and like yeah. this like his his conversation with jenny it's like i feel like i've heard uh, like this kind of scene so many times where two love interests get into a room it it's this person who has a complicated backstory it's usually the usually the female character and they have a story about their, their parents and how uh, <laughs> one of them died and one, or one of them disappeared or whatever. And then it's emotional and the, the main characters there to kind of be a shoulder to cry on. Um, it's just a scene I've seen a lot. and It's one of those things where it's like, I understand why you're doing this and it's not necessarily the wrong move, but I kind of wish the writing while not bad was just more like something to where I'm like being hooked by what they're saying instead of like, yeah, yeah okay. Or your, your mom died and it was sad. And there were some funny jokes a little bit in there or whatever. When the, I could, I could almost go like one, two, three, the uncle comes in <laughs> like right before they kiss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so sick of that trope. Oh my God. Yeah. We've been getting it for like, What? Forty freaking years at this point, where the main (laughs) characters are about to kiss and the uncle comes in. I get it. You don't want them to kiss until the end, and you want to show that they have chemistry. But geez, do something else. I know.
1: I know. I'm so sick of it
0: at this point.
1: (laughs) Just have them kissing the whole movie. That should be the new thing. Right. They're just kissing left and right. freaking
0: out just constantly, and you know it, it is one of those things. Like I almost feel like every now and then, like like romance is becoming almost like passe in movies. And so when we get it, I'm always like, Oh, that's kind of neat. There's a romance. You know what I mean? Even if it's kind of mid, like it is here in this movie where it's like, okay, it's not bad, but it's kind of bare minimum kind (laughs) of stuff. Um, but it is kind of refreshing in a way almost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, shoot. (laughs) What else? What else, Luke?
1: I don't know. Let me see. Um What um what do you think your favorite part? Let's go through that.
0: Yeah, favorite part of the movie. Um This is whatever i mean i'm gonna say the last fight scene with blue beetle because it did feel like i wasn't
1: gonna say that too Uh, it was it was well put together i mean it just it was fun right there was a lot there and i don't know it was it was good i I liked how they did the like planning and then it like faded into the actual island i thought that was a cool transition
0: yeah
1: it was like what was it like a drawing or something of the island or a map Mm -hmm. or something And then it, like, faded into... I like those cool, like, CGI transitions that look good.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think that the end fight was just... I don't know. It was... There was a point in the movie where I was kind of like, man, I really wanted more Blue Beetle in this movie, kind of, period. I feel like we got him for, like, three and a half action scenes. You know, which isn't too bad, but... I don't know. Um, and so this one I felt like did make up for a lot. You got like a lot of aspects of it. You got like, I like when yeah. in, a, in an end fight you get like kind of a smaller scale fight and then a larger scale fight. Then it's kind of expands like where he starts off. He's in the hallway fighting the goons. And then what's his face comes his suit in. Suit hasn't resuit and restarted, which is, which is yeah typical trope. Typical. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought it built upon itself well towards the end. I like how when these fights, like it's a classic Spider-Man thing, the fight gets more desperate, bit of the mask gets torn off or something like that. And you feel the, the stakes of the fight like, oh, he might not make it. You know what I mean? Um, I like though- the
1: transition where the suit is like, we're not killers
0: yeah that's cool that was a cool great right. moment i want that's why i wanted more of it because i liked all that everything the suit does and all that i like you know that's why i said i want more because i would kind of like more conversation but i do like that everything yeah. and they're like hey let me show you let me show you why i saw into this guy's mind i'll show you what what's going on and then it you know changes the character and i, I do i always like that when you know a hero and a villain can uh, concede um yeah it, yeah it, all, all that was was good. I thought it was well done. Kind of left the movie for me in a good note when I was kind of feeling kind of myself wavering with the family, especially again, I just wasn't very energized by much of what the family was doing up until that point. Once they get so involved, they're literally sieging a castle full of troops with their, uh, OG blue beetle tech. <laughs> yeah. Ah. uh, <laughs> So, um, I'll talk a little bit more about Ginny because she's in the movie quite a bit um I felt I that liked
1: her connection to the original Blue Beetle as well yeah. and all that tech that was kind of a cool element mm-hmm. and then the ship, which was interesting. It's good integration. I guess that's like the old t v show or something i I guess <laughs> I don't know
0: original concept of Blue Beetle I don't even know man mm-hmm. um i don't I didn't know much about the uh lo-fi version of blue beetle um but he's a real thing in the comics um <laughs> yeah. but the the actor who plays Ginny um it's funny because like there were times in the movie where I'm like She's bad. And then there were times when I'm like, oh, she's good. You know, it just it, I think it just kind of depended on the scene. I think she's good at certain things and not good at others. Like, I think she can turn on the waterworks really well. Like, when she cries, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, she turns it on like, like that. I'm like, yeah, dang. She can cry good. You know, it's one of those things, which is a good skill for an actor to have. And I think during the emotional moments, she's really good. But when she's playing against Susan Sarandon, I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to let you get away with this or, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 It is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) Um... Okay, uh, I think I might be done. Is there anything you want <laughs> to bring up?
1: No, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good little things like we've mentioned. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, it. the movie looked a little on the cheap side. Mm-hmm. But I do think, <clears throat> I didn't really have any problem with the CGI and stuff. Like, all of that looked fine. Um, there was something about the camera. It felt like they had used a cheaper camera yes! when they were filming all the live things. There wasn't, I think we're used to seeing um you know, a lot of HDR film stuff and I I don't know. I, I you know, I I don't know enough to know exactly what they were filming with, but it just didn't have the contrast ratio that I was used to. Especially coming off something like Oppenheimer, which just looked insane. I was immediately like, This looks flat almost.
0: Right. Like it reminded me like almost Disney Plus Quality mm-hmm. like you know, Miss Marvel or something like that. It was actually almost specifically that because I had a similar color palette as far as like the neons yeah. and stuff. It really gave, gave me that vibe, which was just I, I don't know, it didn't look like bad, but it just didn't. It, it's as you say, as you look say, top flat. tier.
1: It looked good, but not top tier. But but the, also, you know, I came away from it thinking all these effects in the suit look great, yeah. So it's kind of weird that I'm have this one issue but then don't have any issue in the other parts of the movie
0: i mean you're looking at that stuff for a probably a majority of the movies you're just looking at scenes of them talking and yeah. the action scenes when it kicks up and the cgi looks good and the suit looks good it's just not most of the movie it's just not so you're just looking at maybe it's a
1: color about. grading thing I, maybe i don't know you know I don't, I, it's hard for me to tell sometimes the color grading versus the camera itself because those things are so similarly related. The way a camera translates color. I mean, how do you tell that versus how someone color graded the actual scenes, which so, yeah, I don't know. It was it was probably one of those two things.
0: Yeah, but, I compl- uh, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. I completely I, agree. It's,
1: it's enough that I think most people would not even notice it, but someone who watches movies as much as i do i think it's noticeable
0: (laughs) i think it might be a thing that people don't notice but they feel you know what i mean they like have like a a sense of it but they're not like they couldn't articulate it like you have you know yeah
1: anyways yeah (laughs) not a not a big deal but
0: no yeah you know so this movie is uh Again, I think a lot of people, that's the thing, I'm, I'm tempted to say that, like, yeah, I mean, people aren't excited about these movies right now because they understand that the universe is collapsing or whatever is happening and the reformation is happening. But how many people, like, of all the people who see these movies just come, are in tune with that? Like, how many people do you think know that, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> right. It, it, but it's I would to, think
1: I would think it's pretty small.
0: I would think so, too. Like, people like us who are like, oh, yeah, this one doesn't quite count, but the character might be moving forward. Yeah. You know, like, how, how many people like know Like, the that? people
1: that come in the first two days, right? <laughs> right. They, they might know. And even then, it's probably 50% of those people that attend. I, th- I think there's some people that just go to movies, you know? Like, they just... Yeah they're movie goers. And then there's people who are enthusiasts about superhero content like us. And, um, so I think it's probably divided evenly between those two in the, in those first few showings. Um, I remember Bethany telling me, she had a friend that it was just like going to the movies Friday was just what they did. Like (laughs) it wasn't really about what movie was showing. It just, they went to the movies and they saw a movie. It's Friday. We go to the movies and, uh, I don't know. I feel like I mean we were kind of that way in high school. That was kind of the thing that we did. Whether it was (laughs) a good movie or not. It was like, Yep, the new It's I Spy or whatever. You know, something (laughs) whatever it is. We didn't even know that much about it. It was just like we're watching the trailers planning our next weekend from the trailers. Right. Oh, this is a (laughs) sequel to course as soon as you try to say something you forget everything
0: right i <laughs> it always is but i always remember seeing coach carter like mothman being like or something the mothman <laughs> prophecies yeah it's
1: yeah. something like that just something like that like i would never go to the theater and see that now it's not even right. like not even a thought in my mind i have much better things to do and yet back then anyways
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say with this movie. I think DC fans are strange in particular. It's like you, the, people make such a big deal about it online, but when the time comes to actually see the movie, nobody comes. It's it's a strange thing that is with yep. p- particularly with DC. Winers. Yeah, I do think they're very, they're very vocal, but they don't actually leave <laughs> their home <laughs> to go to a movie theater. <laughs>
1: So frustrating,
0: right? They'll so wait until clips go online, like the Flash, and they'll be like, "Let's, let's whine and like complain about the clips online." People realize that these
1: movies are not going to be made if they keep doing this.
0: No, yeah, that's they, what frustrates. They feel entitled me. to them, though. Um, is the thing?
1: If you don't like what Netflix has made, movies you need to get out to the theaters because that's where right. we're headed.
0: Absolutely. If you're sick of Mar if you want DC to be in the game and you want Marvel to have a competition and not just do Marvel things without any sort of competition then, DC. Marvel's struggling. Yeah. A
1: you're lot right. of a lot of these studios are not able to make much money in these theaters. And streaming's always gonna be a much cheaper way to make content and I I ugh, I hate the thought that that's that's where we're
0: going. Right. I mean for me, I know we're we're we've ended our review. Let's just say we've ended our review. But when it comes to like when it comes to that, I feel like we're not gonna get that future that people were either afraid of or hoping for back when COVID was happening and everyone was experimenting with putting their films directly onto onto HBO Max or whatever, you know, or Disney plus, That's not going to be the future. That's not what we're heading into. If, if these films continue to do poorly, we're going to head into the future where we're, we're at when to star Wars now, where we haven't had a movie since freaking rise of rise of Skywalker. And we keep just getting show after show after show. And that's fine for some people. But if you miss movies, if you miss star Wars movies or whatever, it might, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that looks more like the future to me than if you're expecting an Avengers movie to come to Disney Plus. I think they're more; it's more likely to not be made than that happen.
1: Yep, (laughs) absolutely. It's a dark future.
0: (laughs) Doom and gloom, baby.
1: Just get out to the theater. That's the only you can do. Yeah, I'm. I'm sad. You know, having said all that it was i was mm. i was looking at oppenheimer versus barbie and i was sad to see how far behind oppenheimer had fallen it's sitting at like 270 million and that does not bode well because i imagine that movie had a very high budget <laughs> for all this stuff um, that they put into it
0: i think it was like 100 million um i believe was where it was at obviously probably a lot of those top grade actors got paid in credentials you know what i mean to be like hey you got to be in a nolan movie um but it's done well uh as far as nolan movies are concerned i think it's like his number fourth his number his fourth highest grossing movie so far i think it it topped interstellar
1: 180 million it's lower than i thought
0: yeah that's the 180 budget 80 million that's, that's bigger than i thought but
1: but yeah um I'm not with the way the sets they had to make. Oh, yeah. The cast they had filming in these very expensive cameras. Filming for a year. cameras at the same time. Yeah.
0: Filming for a ton of time. Yep. <laughs> Using a, 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 a size of a reel that would uh, crush an elephant.
1: <laughs> what do you Giant. think his most expensive movie is?
0: Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you gotta give those superhero movies budget. Two hundred fifty. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of real life explosions right there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this is like almost one of, if not the, last big movie. I say big. It's doing horribly. Supposed to be last big movie of the summer. Is I mean is, yeah. There's not much else as far as big blockbusters.
1: I mean, when does the summer end, right? Because I mean, I feel like September. September. Yeah, Grand Turismo is coming out late September. I don't know. I've just made it up. Equalizer Three is coming out if we if we count September because I feel like the end of August is the end of the summer. But I guess that's up to translation.
0: Yeah, we're gonna see that movie, right? Equalizer three. I need to catch up. I would like to. Let's do it. I'm gonna catch up. I, uh, I need I'm to gonna... see
1: the second one.
0: Okay, I haven't seen either of I them, so. Think um... I've
1: seen it. I love how no one has even mentioned The Expendables four. I haven't heard any talk about that.
0: Right, it, like it just kind of the trailer just kind of came, and yeah. I was like, oh.
1: It was very Megan Fox heavy.
0: <laughs> A lot of Megan Fox.
1: Is strange.
0: They made it out to be like, oh shoot, Megan Fox, yeah. baby. And I
1: don't think of her as an action hero star, but I guess she has been in action movies.
0: Yeah. Transformers. There's, There's a lot of Saul action happening around her.
1: Didn't even know that. Sol X. Sol X.
0: Yeah. The year Great. of X.
1: Great. <laughs> Can't wait.
0: I know. Um,
1: <laughs> anyways, we're oh, yeah, back. Oh yeah, it's the Saul Paul Patrol weekend. That's right. Yeah. It's like another Barbenheimer.
0: I Sol forgot. Saul Patrol. That's right. It's <laughs> gonna happen. Of course, this is, Paul Patrol's gonna make two hundred million dollars at the box office.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> obviously. Paul Patrol's gonna dominate.
0: No, I watched that trailer. That trailer came on before Turtles, and oh my God, <laughs> it's for kids, for little children. It's not not, it's not kids. Not it's for like. You. No, for uh, my I, nephew, I, six. it's yeah, absolutely. It, 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 uh, I'm not dogging, haha. <laughs> I'm not dogging on Paw Patrol, uh, but good one. Yeah, what? That's a joke that would be in Paw Patrol, but yeah, yeah they would love it. Little tiny kids to enjoy. That's great. All right, well, is that All our right. episode? My computer dominated. Good it only job, lost twenty
1: percent this whole time.
0: What a beast!
1: I did turn. Low power mode on, and I had you a very dark for a long time. I could barely see
0: you. <laughs> Give your uh, laptop it. a nice kiss at the end of this, just to, th- to thank it for all the good work it's done producing this episode. need Apple to take care of me and send me a new charger. There we go. Apple, you're listening. I know it. Um, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see ya.